Lord, now open up our ears, open up our eyes, open up our hearts. We would understand what you want us to understand and take what you want us to take and to be doers of your word this morning. Amen. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 and 20, it says that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know this morning that you were made for the Holy Spirit to inhabit. Whether it's the body of Christ as we're in this morning or whether it's your individual body, you're made to house the very presence of the Lord. We are the body. We're meant for the spirit. And last Sunday, we started this series and I talked to you about visuals. Visuals are very, very powerful. Visuals are very captivating. Pictures grab us. Pictures also bring a greater understanding. The last two Easter Sunday presentations that we shared as we sang on this altar, on this platform, we mean painted pictures. And as he painted the pictures of the story that we are presenting, it became clearer to us the message that we are trying to get across. Now those pictures are hanging in the foyer. And every time you see the pictures, you're reminded of Easter Sunday morning. You're reminded of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You're reminded that Jesus Christ came for the world to die on the cross for their sins. It's all about reaching out to people. So pictures really grab us. Pictures bring greater and greater understanding. Now, many don't understand the work of the Holy Spirit in people's lives and in the church today. If you say the word Holy Spirit, some people get nervous. If you say the word Holy Spirit, some think weird and wild. If you say Holy Spirit to some people, they think volume and they think chaos. Now, I want to tell you what makes me nervous. What makes me nervous really is man. The Holy Spirit does not make me nervous. The moving of the Holy Spirit does not make me nervous. What does make me nervous is flesh moving or flesh doing what the Holy Spirit is not doing. But the moving of God's Holy Spirit never makes me nervous. The Holy Spirit is one of the misunderstood, misunderstood persons of the Trinity. And we need a better understanding of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our church. The working and moving of the Holy Spirit is one of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada's distinctives. The working and moving of the Holy Spirit is what I grew up hearing about and experiencing. Some say, well, I never hear much about the Holy Spirit in the church. I grew up probably hearing more about the Holy Spirit working in my our lives and in our church than I did of God and Jesus. It was our emphasis that we had back when I was young. The moving of the Holy Spirit. See, he's not the wild, hairy, and loose, and out of control member of the Trinity. But at the same time, don't ever think that we can box him in. Don't ever think we've got the Holy Spirit all figured out. These are his parameters. This is how he's depth. Left and right, this is what he works within. No, the Holy Spirit will continue to amaze you and astound you. He is the wow factor. So I want to bring a greater understanding to the Holy Spirit, to the presentation of pictures. And as I talk about and share these pictures with you, you may get a mental image or you may see a picture that I'll bring to help in the understanding of the Holy Spirit. But we're looking at four pictures and trying to explain the work of the Holy Spirit. Oil, 
fire, dove, and mighty winds. And last Sunday, we I shared with you the introduction to this series, and then I briefly touched on oil. So I want to continue this morning and finish off on oil as a picture of the Holy Spirit. And to do that, we need to go back and look at my text again, Zechariah chapter 4, <clears throat> reading verses 1 to 10. Incredible story. One that requires reading over and over again to get the full depth of what he's saying here. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 1. Then the angel who talked with me returned and wakened me as the man is wakened from his sleep. And he asked me, what do you see? Picture, what do you see? I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lights on it with seven channels to the lights. Also, there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. I asked the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? He answered, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I replied. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, almighty mountain, before Zerubbabel? You'll become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you'll know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Who despises the day of small beginnings? Men will rejoice when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. Incredible story. Notice the picture given here. The picture given here is the lampstand. Notice what Zechariah says in chapter 4 and verse 2. He says, I see it. Now, I read it over again this past week a few times. It was a different kind of a lamp. It had two olive trees on each side of the lampstand. And so the point as I meditated upon it this past week is this. Don't miss what is feeding these lamps. Oil flowed from the trees to the bowl. Then from the bowl, oil flowed into seven channels, which flowed to the candles, which caused light to begin and light to continue. And so the angel says to Zechariah, you've seen the picture, but now I want you to hear the word. Here's the word. Not by might. It's a word that's going to go to Zerubbabel. The picture is going to bring some clarity to what I want to say to Zerubbabel. Not by might, chapter 4, verse 6, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Now, we know that Zerubbabel started building the, the temple, rebuilding the temple, and after they got the foundation built, that's where it stopped, some say, for 16 years. And so he was saying, I want him to know that when the building starts and when there's reconstruction taking place, it's not going to be by his might not going to be by your power, but it's going to be by my spirit. That's what I want him to know. So the angel, what he does here is he connects oil with the spirit of God. What a picture we get of the Holy Spirit. So I have two points I want to share with you this morning. The first point is this. The Holy Spirit as oil produces spiritual activity, life, energy, excitement and movement in your body, in the church, in your ministries. 
So the bowl could be likened to our soul. Now, Bible says in Ephesians chapter five and verse 18, it says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why be content with a quarter full? Why be content with just half full? Why be content with just a little bit of the Holy Spirit? Why not say, God, I want to be filled overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Fill me up, Lord. See, every believer, this means every believer ought to be a thirsty believer. Every believer ought to be looking up and opening up and crying out. Just as, remember the chorus said many years ago, I lift my cup, Lord, fill it up. Well, I lift up my bowl, Lord. And I lift up my bowl to the Lord. And Lord, would you fill my bowl? We said the bowl of our soul. Fill it up, Lord. I'm not content with just this much, that much. But God, I want it to be Filled to the brim. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. That's what the writer was saying. I lift my cup up. Fill it up. I lift it up. We need the Holy Spirit in the bowls of our souls. We need Him. Your altar, wherever it might be, is a great place. Great place to fill up your bowl. Whether your altar is here at the church, whether your altar is some other place, some other place raised up that you... You lean over, drape yourself over and give yourself to God and cry out to him. It's a great place to fill up your bowl with oil. Great place. Use it. Fill our bowls. And out from those bowls will flow fuel and kindling for light and every kind of spiritual activity under heaven that God desired us to happen within us. Now, as I read Ephesians 5, verse 18, it doesn't stop there. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. But actually, if you go on to verses 19 to 21, notice what follows there. What follows Paul's cry to be filled with the Holy Spirit, what follows that is spiritual activity. Four wonderful spiritual activities. The first one is this, verses 19 to 21. Speak to one another. Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That's a great way to speak to each other. And I want you to know that when your bowl is empty, when there's no oil of the Holy Spirit in your life, we go for the juggler vein. We go for the jab. We want to take somebody out, even in the body of Christ. But when your bowl is full of oil, the oil of the Holy Spirit, you want to speak to each other in words of exhortation. You want to bless them. You want to honor them. You want to exalt them. What a great spiritual activity. There's a second one. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Sing. Full, full bowls of oil fuels worship, not just on Sunday, but on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, every day of the week. Sing. Make music in your heart. Sing to the Lord. Number three, another great spiritual activity of being filled with the oil is always, always, the word always, always give thanks to God, the Father, for everything. That's hard to do sometimes, especially when your week is not going so great, especially when you've got problems and issues. If your bowl is empty of oil, circumstances will determine your praise. And if they're going well, you'll worship God. If they're not going so well, you won't talk to God. You'll be mad at God. But if your bowl is filled, if your soul is filled, 
to overflowing with the oil of the Spirit. You're going to worship God. You're going to sing praise to Him in all and through all. Great spiritual activity as a result of the bowl of your soul being filled with oil. There's another one, number four. Submit. The word submit. We've got speak, sing, always, and fourthly, submit. Submit to one another out of reverence. Mutual submission. And when your bowl is filled, full bowls always, always honor each other. Submit to each other. Putting others first. What I've just given you, those four points that are found in the Scripture, what I've given you is a recipe for the functioning of the perfect church. I'd love to be involved and pastor a perfect church. I'm sure you're here this morning. You say, I'd love to be a part of a perfect congregation because there's no such thing to date. There isn't. But if we have that as our desire, I want to be the perfect church and you're part of the body, part of the church. Guess what? We can make great strides to becoming the church God wants us to be. We can have a great testimony in the community. They can look at us and say, that's a church that really does God's word. They don't jab each other. They exalt each other. They don't tear each other apart. They build each other. I think we ought to go for the perfect church. Recipe for a growing and powerfully active church. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. See, it's the oil of the Spirit in the bowls of our souls that fuels spiritual activity of every kind. It'll fuel miracles in your life. It'll fuel signs and wonders in your church. It'll fuel Holy Spirit encounters, just like you read about in the book of Acts. By the way, the book of Acts never ends. I did a little search last week. You look at some of the epistles in the New Testament. Not a lot of them say, final greetings, and then the book is done. You won't find that in the book of Acts. Why? Because what happens in the book of Acts was supposed to continue. We are the book of Acts. We are the ones that the Holy Spirit was not just meant for there. A little kickoff, a little dose of power to get them started. No, no. God says it's for everyone. It's to you and your children, Acts 2.39, and to all those that are far off. It's for us today. We are the book of Acts. Someone paraphrased Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6 this way. It's not by organization. It's not by manipulation or man-made skills, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. It's not by organization nor manipulation, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Now consider the fall of Jericho. Incredible miracle. Organization may march them around the walls. Let's get together, guys, and let's march this way in single file. Let's get our feet going the right direction. Let's say the right words. Organization can get them marching around the wall. Manipulation can blow the trumpets. But only the power, only the power of the Holy Spirit can bring the walls down. It's by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Consider the feeding of the multitude. Oh, organization can seek them in groups of 50. Let's get in little pockets all around and manipulation may distribute loaves and fishes. Let's pass them around so each one has a little bit. But only the Holy Spirit can really bring the increase. It's by my spirit, says God. 
It's not by your power, not by manipulate, human manipulation or skills, but it's by my Holy Spirit that you're going to get the increase. Oh, consider the, the paralyzed man in Mark chapter 2. That they brought him to Jesus. Organization can say to each other, let's go to the four corners of the cot. You go here, I'll go here. Someone else will go there. And let's all pick together. Let's pick him up. Oh, manipulation can tear a hole in Peter's roof. Let's get a jackhammer. Let's get a saw, a jigsaw. Let's cut a hole. Manipulation can do all those things. But only the Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit of God can bring the healing in a man's body that can cause him to get up and not just walk, but pick up his cot and walk with it to hang on the wall as a trophy. Here's what God has done for me. Here's the picture. Here's my cot. Here's what I once was, but now I am healed. It's by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Not your power, not my power, not my will. Nothing I can do can compare to the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the organization. I'm all for organization. You know that. I can't function without organization. I check the plans. That one's crooked. I check it every morning. Someone turned one of these upside down on me one time. Who was it, you? I looked at it. I said, something wrong with that plant. So I was trying to straighten it up. And here somebody dumped put it upside down. It wasn't funny. Oh, I'm all for organization. I function that way. We need structure. We need plans. Someone's got to open up the church on Sunday morning. Someone's got to prepare a sermon. Someone's got to preach. See, someone's got to be scheduled to lead worship on when we gather together. Someone's got to operate my PowerPoint. My wife's got to put it all together for me. I don't have a clue how to do it. I want to keep it that way. Someone's got to usher. Someone's got to receive the offering. Someone's got to do sound. And someone's got to look after those little children in the nursery. I mean, they'll put on a program for you if you don't put on a program for them. We, I know about organization. And I love organization. I'm all for it. But if that's all we do, if that's all we do is organize and manipulate, or what I mean by that is human skills, all we'll have is man-made, dead religion. That's all we'll have. We'll have form, but we'll minus the power. They'll have no power. I mean, then we might as well. If that's all we got, we might as well go to Disneyland. If that's all we got, we might as well save our money and go on a cruise. Did I say cruise? There's trouble in the water lately. If I ever go on a cruise, I'm taking a big lifeboat. And a big fire extinguisher. I'm organized. My wife says I'm going. I say, I'm not going nowhere, man. I drive my car. I don't go nowhere. I don't fly. No, I do when I have to. I'm all for organization. But man, that's not all that I want in this church. That's not all that I want. There comes a time when you just have to know you work with your hands and you, you do things you've got to do. You organize, you strategize, you plan, you got goals, you got vision, you got dreams. But there's a point where you just take your hands off and say, Holy Spirit, I cannot do really what you want to do. I cannot do it on my own. It's by my spirit, says God. And that's a wonderful place he wants us to be at. Take up the offering if you want. And we have to. 
organized teachers for kids' church downstairs that takes place right now. We have to, but there comes a point where we've got to say, Holy Spirit, you've got to come in. Holy Spirit, you've got to anoint. Holy Spirit, I've got to follow you. Holy Spirit, I've got to open up the bowl of my soul. Holy Spirit, fill my bowl. I've got to have something this morning to share. I've got to have something today to give. It's got to be more than organization. It's got to be more than manpower. By my Holy Spirit. I read the churches again in Revelation last week. Seven churches. Jesus said to Ephesus, Sardis, Laodicea. You got form, but little else. Form, but little else. It's pretty bad. They're operating and they're running church with empty bowls of oil. And so again, let me say, hold up our bowls of oil or empty our bowls and say, God, fill them to overflowing. Here's my bowl, Lord. If you've got to do this as a picture and stand in front of a mirror so you can see it to yourself. Here's my bowl, Lord. Fill it up. Oh, God loves to hear those words. Fill it up to overflowing. It's not just the pastors that need a full bowl of oil. Everybody needs a full bowl. Number two. Number one, the Holy Spirit produces spiritual activity. Number two, the Holy Spirit as oil provides, not just produces spiritual activity, but provides healing. Healing. Throughout the Bible, we read that oil was used as an agent of healing. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 6 makes reference to oil being used to cleanse wounds and to cleanse welts and open sores. Luke 10, 34, we read of the good Samaritan went to a badly beaten man who was robbed and he, he applied oil along with the wine to the open wounds before he bandaged them up. The psalmist said in Psalm 104 verse 15, oil to make his face shine and bread that sustains his heart. In the hot climates of the Bible days, oil was used often by the Jews to anoint their bodies. After a bath, it gave the skin and hair a smooth appearance. It was also used and customarily used to massage. Massage with oil. Is it any wonder why oil is such a fitting picture? It's just a little vial of oil that I hold in my hands. But it's a marvelous picture of the moving and working of the Holy Spirit. In Mark chapter 6 and verse 13, we, we simply read this. That the apostles were driving out demons. But along with driving out demons, they were anointing sick people with oil. They were laying hands upon the sick. And guess what? They were being healed. Not by manpower. Not by manipulation or man's skills, but by the Spirit of God. They're being healed. It was common practice in the early church in the book of Acts to anoint with oil. Lay hands upon the sick and pray for healing. The oil was a picture of the miraculous, wonder-working power of the Holy Spirit as He moved. People recognize, this is not what I can do, but it's what the Holy Spirit is doing. Oh, I'm so privileged and thrilled to be able to say this morning, stand here on this altar and say to you, that 
We as a church, we believe in divine healing today. Today, healing is for the church. It's not just for back then, but not today. No, healing is also for today. Good place to say amen. Just thought I'd throw it in there. Whether it be physical, whether it be mental, whether it be emotional, be it situational. Whatever your needs are, nothing is too hard for the power of the Holy Spirit. My Bible says all things are possible to them that believe. I can do anything. I can blow your mind. It's not by power. It's not by our might. But by Him. Ezekiel 37. We read that Ezekiel's taken to a graveyard. Graveyard full of bones, dry bones. And take a look. What do you see? I see a valley of bones, and behold, they're very, very dry. Can they live? Ezekiel says, oh, or they, he's, he was told, it was told to Ezekiel, can they live? He says, thou knowest, you know if they can live or not. And he was told to prophesy, prophesy, Ezekiel, hear the word of the Lord, and come to life. And so he prophesied. What well, A racket was heard, a noise was heard. Flesh began to appear in the bones, and... And then the newly formed bodies received breath from the four winds. They began to blow. Is anything too hard for God? A valley of dry bone, a boneyard, graveyard. Is anything too hard for God? The Holy Spirit can heal bodies, souls, emotions. And every time you see oil, whether it be motor oil in a garage, every time you see oil, may it be a picture to you that my God heals. What a picture of the miraculous, wonder-working power of God. You may say this morning, but pastor, I know what you think. I know exactly what you're thinking. But what if we could just have as much faith as we have doubt? Last week I heard someone pray it this way. I hope I get it right. They, I speak to impossible. And I say, we're busy having faith. Don't you like that? Wasn't it something to do with that? That's the way I said it anyway. Impossible, I'm busy having faith. And what if we could just say that? I'm busy now with faith. I don't have time for impossible or doubt. I'm busy having faith. A retired senior, aged pastor one time was, was called up to the pulpit, the platform, the altar, and said, would you share with this congregation all these years of experience you've had in the ministry, and, and you can share some good nuggets and truth to the people. Share something with us. And so he comes up, and I don't know whether he's saying it or spoken. Here are the words. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Simple, not complex. Maybe they expected some great discourse on the book of Revelation. Get their pens out. It's simple. Jesus loves me, this I know. What if we just simply took James chapter 5 and read it? We can't become too sophisticated. Don't try to become too brainy. Don't try to totally understand everything. Don't try to... Don't study too much. I like that. I never liked study. 
There's a place for it. Don't try to overanalyze. Just read it. It's for today. Nothing's impossible for God. And let's believe and let's pray and let's expect. So that's what we're going to do. Stand with me as the worship team come. I'm going to go to James chapter 5. James chapter 5, verse 13. James chapter 5, verse 13. This morning, I just want to obey the word of God. I want to remove man's thoughts, man's ways, and just obey his word. James 5. Verse 13, I grew up on this passage. My mom and dad had Rex Humbard on every Sunday. And I know James 5, 13, I knew that I could memorize it when I was a kid. I heard it so much. James 5, 13, is any of you in trouble? He should pray. Is any of you happy? He should sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church. Pray over him. We're going to do that right now. So we're going to call the elders of the church. Board members, would you come? Prayer team members, I want you to come. Stand here at the front. Would you face the audience? Is any of you sick? Call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil. In the name of the Lord. prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If you sin, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and it's effective. Let, let's just remove all doubt. God, right now, we really remove all doubt, all fear, all questions, all preconceived ideas. And we're just going to stand upon your word that says, I heal today. I heal. God, I pray for those right now that need a touch from the master. God, for those that need a healing. It does not, we don't have to know exactly what the healing might be. Physical, emotional, spiritually, situational, whatever it is. My God says I can do anything. And we're going to come before you in simple, childlike faith. Not a complex faith. Simple. Jesus loves me, this I know. And he loves, he loves to heal. He loves to heal. So that describes you this morning. Would you please step out? As Tristan sings a song in conclusion, just step out. Make your way down to the front. And we're going to pray for you. But God will touch your body. This morning, there'd be a miracle happening.